Hello, this is Linda Vetris Nichols, and do I have an amazing person to introduce to you, Dino Corella. Welcome, oh, Dino. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for organizing it. Absolutely. It's wonderful to have you. We've played so much online. You know my husband, Ambassador Thierry, so well, so this is really fun, and you've shared your spiritual stories with each other. You and I are just getting to know each other. So I love it when I don't know people too well um, when we do these, because I just learn so much. And just the right just the right stuff comes out at just the right time. So thanks. And let's get into your story of transformation. What? Who's Dino Carella? <laughs> Dino Carella. <laughs> it could be a long story, but let's cut it short. Right? <laughs> I, I'm an ex-corporate leader. I spent 30 years uh, in corporations mm -hmm. and I had my share of success, if you want to call it that way. Okay. Uh, but um, I wasn't born like a successful person anyway. I was a street boy, a street uh, boy. So when I was very young, I was in this, on the streets and I started to work at 11 as a boatman. Ah. So, so this is pretty much uh, where it starts. So it starts from the streets, and then I kind of found myself uh, starting this adventure in corporations, mm -hmm. and uh, I got pretty successful. But then something happened, and uh, like many people, they they go through in the middle age. I think it's pretty common. They go through their own crisis, and so I had mine. Right. And after that, I've seen a different, uh, I've seen the same world with a different pair of eyes. <laughs> so, now, <laughs> so now I'm doing a completely different job, although I still do consultancy work for corporations. I am a coach and a, and a writer. Nice. I love it. And there's your book right there, The Way of the Wind. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> now, when you say street boy, does that mean like... Um, you did jobs or does it mean because here it means you're homeless were you homeless oh okay no I wasn't homeless I was okay. I simply I was mm -hmm. my playground was the street and mm -hmm. uh, I would get lost in the street and wandering about and in, uh, in my hometown and and do things that the the, the boys of my age uh, mm -hmm. at that time used to do so a lot of fights <laughs> <laughs> fighting to each other, playing football, you know, and so that was pretty much what I meant. I wasn't homeless, although I've been homeless, but not uh, <laughs> not at that time. Oh, wow. So what age were you homeless? I was about 23. Okay. Uh, so Making because it on what, your own? Yeah, because um, basically I... In Italy, there was uh, the obligation to do military service, right? So I did my military service as a policeman. As soon as I finished the police, uh, the work in my police in the police force, I went to London because I was a musician. So I really wanted to experience that, to try and become a musician. So oh. I spent two years in London between 20, the age of 22 and 24. Mm -hmm. And for a series of circumstances, I found myself without uh, at home so for a while I was wandering around in London without wow. uh, you know a place to to go to sleep so that that's when I 
I was homeless. Oh, it's been so hard. <laughs> and but then, you know the the, yeah. the 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 irony of destiny. After that, right? I was hired by a homeless a hotel that care for homeless people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's a great story. So, and your book, like, um, you you had a, a really harsh thing happen in corporate that really shocked you and surprised you, and all of a sudden you were out. So, why don't you share a little of that? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, it, it didn't surprise me and shock me. In, that much because I was actually expecting that okay I was expecting that because I was working for a joint venture and I was the only employee uh, of the company that had shared in that joint venture that was based in Rome and at the time I was working from home and it wasn't still it was pre-pandemic so it was still not well digested by corporations so I was waiting yeah. to that, that they would tell me you know it's either you relocate and come to the U.S. or London or, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, actually, after one year and a half <laughs> of working from home, I received this letter. And so th that letter was really a great opportunity for me to right. go and, and materialize the dream I've always dreamt about, which was right. going through across the Indian, Indian Reservation of America. Mm -hmm. and so this is what I did so I received the letter you know digested a few days to to swallow the new situation because no matter how much you think you're ready when you are there and you know that the next day you have no job to go it's kind of still yeah. a little bit unsettling say now all the worries and so rather than worry about just took the plane and went to to the U.S. for this uh, beautiful uh, adventure it's been you know it's an amazing place. I mean, Arizona, Utah, Wyoming, South nice. Dakota, beautiful places. What led you to just think to go there, to do that? When I was, uh, as I said earlier, I was a musician, right, when I was uh, younger. And yeah. uh, I had this vision that just came through me of uh, a redskin uh, uh, running on a red road in front of the sun. Wow. I didn't know anything about Indians in terms of, you know, their mm -hmm. their ritual or the red road. Yeah. If there was a meaning. And so I started to play a song. So I made the lyrics of this uh, guy that was running and the, the, the song that says, don't give up, keep on running, don't give up. And mm -hmm. and so my mother heard the song, but she, she doesn't speak English. I was singing in English and, okay. and she said, what are you talking about? It's nice. Uh, it's a nice oh. music. And I, and I explained oh. to her. And then my mother said, oh, you know that uh, your grandfather was breastfed by an Indian. And I said, oh. when, when, when did you think you were going to tell me about that? Yeah, right. I never, that really I, I never knew anything. About, but okay. Yeah, yes, exactly. I never knew anything about that. So yeah, then, then, you know, it's kind of shocking because you got this vision that you don't know anything about. And then your mother tells you that maybe there are ancestors from, from ding, ding, or ding. there are some kind of connection with, with the, with yeah. the Indians. So since then I had this bug in the back of my mind that I had to go some, somehow I had to go and, you know, and, and maybe that voice will come to me again, that the vision 
a message will come to me again. So I went. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, that's the story. And that you know, is a great story. Yeah, what and we, 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 sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. So we, we were, uh, another conversation, we were talking about um, how our global consciousness somehow flows through us, right? And yeah. and one of the, a couple of anecdotes, uh, when I was writing the book and I still, I started when I still didn't visit the US. And, and so it came to me, this image of a rocky formation shaped uh, as a as a dragon laid lay down on, on land, right? Like with, with, the, with the face like this and, and then I imagined also, I started to write about a pond of water on top of this dragon, this rocky formation, wow. where the moon was reflected. So when I went to the US, <laughs> I found out that there is a place that is called the Sleeping Dragon. And you know the Monument Valley, they call it Olgito Monument Valley. And okay. so Olgito in native language, Navajo, it means the moonlight that is reflected on water. So when the when the guide, the, the Navajo guy told me about this, I had goosebumps all over because I said, where is this coming from? You know, it's like the, certain things are, are pretty shocking, but it, yeah. it shouldn't be shocking. You know, we yeah. need to get used to, we need to learn. We need to know that there is something more than just our thoughts. Yeah, man. So cool. Love it. Ooh, goosebumps. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. And there is, you know, Lynn, every time I tell about this, there is no chance I cannot feel that. Every time yeah. I got goosebumps all over again. <laughs> yeah, some people call them God bumps. <laughs> well, well bumps. yeah. I love that. So you've been on like kind of a book tour and when you are in front of an audience, what you know, and, and people reading your book, what has been the biggest reaction from people reading your book? What's kind of that number one thing that just seems to really grab them? If you can only pick one. Well, yeah, well, they asked me uh, several times um, that because the female aspects, so women play a big role. And so why is that? They asked me. Ah. And, and, um, and this seems to be pretty much a question that is asked all the time. <laughs> That's interesting. And so what's your answer? Because <laughs> I see you got a purse going there. <laughs> well, so your branding's very spot on. <laughs> you, you know, women, it's, to me, well, it's love, okay? It's love and it's roots and it's home and it's being nurtured. Yeah. And that there is an openness in, in women that I don't see in men. Mm. We women are are more capable of dealing with their vulnerabilities and not dealing, but at least exposing their vulnerabilities mm -hmm. in comparison to men. Men tend to hide them. Men still think that they need to play the part of being the strong, the, being the, the guys that know it all, yeah. that they solve the problems. And so right. they, they're, they're actually in denial. Yeah. And well, so men are about we, competition too. So, you know, you don't show your vulnerabilities to your competitor, 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So all these things that are so fashionable these days, you know, cooperation, listening, these are yeah. really female traits to me. Yeah. And we very... need to we need to embrace those very much oh. because it is not in the exclusive uh in the exclusivity of women mm -hmm. because also men have it. And perhaps the reason why there is so much violence yeah. in the world is because men haven't learned to deal with the, their feminine yeah. side. Yeah, I agree. And there, yeah. there's a lot of burnout in the world because um, just, you know, the the testosterone is a like boom, 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 you know, women don't have that. So like if a woman stepped into corporate, she had to go into this completely masculine world and just it's just ripe for burnout for both sexes especially for women so that was another really sad thing that's gone on in throughout time here so thank you so much dino this yeah, has been thank wonderful thank you thank you <laughs>